Matt Hammett wrote a song that almost destroyed his marriage. It was a song about marriage. Most of us have heard it at some point. It was called Lead Me. He was uh, with a group called Sanctus Real, and Sanctus Real took that and made it a hit song. They began to tour it. It was about a man leading his family well. The problem was that Matt wasn't. And in fact, after he wrote the song, he was home for a while. He decided to go back on the road because it was so bad. And every night he's singing a song, lead me. But he wasn't. You're going to hear the amazing story of Matt Hammett and the song that almost destroyed a marriage today on Brave Men. It's Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Wisdom and courage for the journey. Hey, I'm with Matt Hammett. Matt Hammett wrote a song that has become like an anthem uh, called Lead Me, and it had to do with uh, fatherhood and those things. In a group called Sanctus Real, you guys were, uh, Matt, you guys were well-known, traveled the world, hundreds of dates. And so I guess you would write a song about leading as a father because you had finally got to a place where you knew you were doing it right. Mm-hmm. You had everything together, and you go, okay, might as well write a song about Here's how you do it. And so is that where Lead Me came from? Yeah, you're teasing me now, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you know, just as you uh, really uh, would suspect, absolutely not. You know, I, I was really at a place in my life where I was, I was hoping, wishing, wanting to have it all together. Um, and sometimes in order for change to happen, we have to have that big reality check, right? Wow. Um, that was a season for me. It felt like that whole season for me was just a huge kind of coming to grips with the reality of who I really was versus who I wanted to be. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think I'd always had these dreams and imaginations, um, of being this great man, husband, father, friend, and it, it would play, I think as many of us do, you know, we play our desires in our hearts and minds and our heads. Yeah. And I think I had gotten so used to looping who I wanted to be and the intentions of my heart and mind that somehow I'd actually become that person void of real action. And my wife really sitting down and just kind of having it coming to terms with me, you know, is, Hey, I feel like you're here, but you're not here. Um, I know you want to lead us, but I don't feel really led. We're not praying together. We're not, reading together and journeying together in a way that we are meant to, to, to be one. And, you know, our kids are going to need this from you as a dad. And I'm just going to be honest, like, I'm not feeling that, that love right now in that way. Wow. And man, she was, you know, she just wanted to be heard and understood in ways that maybe I didn't know how to hear and validate and understand her heart as a woman. And so what a courageous day, thing, what a courageous thing. Your wife's name, Sarah. Yeah. Courageous thing for Sarah to do now. You had, let me just frame this. You're a teenager. You guys form a little band. Were you in church or were you in the club or what? Yeah, so we actually did a little both. We started in the church. We had the opportunity to play clubs as well, but it was mostly leading worship in church and, uh, you know, playing a lot of youth group events. And so you start, so, doing, yeah, youth group, you start doing youth group events and, and then you get invited places. And then pretty soon this band is like, gets a song out it gets known and now you're in a sense you're living the dream right 
Yeah. I mean, it was crazy from, uh, in 2001, we signed our record deal. I got married for four years. My wife traveled full-time in a van and trailer with us. <laughs> so, you know, we kind of lived that dream together, but it was like, we were poor and, uh, just, yeah. yeah but isn't that, isn't that part of the whole deal? Isn't that that part of the yeah. mystique, you know, the Bob Dylan, uh, Bob Petty <laughs> dream, man, just like Tom Petty said. And, <laughs> uh, Petty, yeah, you so, just... yeah, it was crazy because there's a big irony in all this because when my wife had that conversation with me, uh, I mean, she had many conversations during that season, but there was one day in particular where I felt very broken, mm. uh, by just, what was happening between us and, and her heart and me feeling this frustration of like, okay, God, how do I really do all the things she's wanting for me? Because I'm not sure how I'm going wrong all the time here. Wow. And, uh, and that was actually the day that I wrote the song, lead me. Here's the real irony. The irony is wow. I wrote a song about being a more present husband and father because it was the desire of my heart. But the success of that song became the very thing that took me away even more. Wow. And so there's kind of this really big irony in the song that, wow, that I meant was my heart. That's what I wanted. But again, it was like it fueled more of a cycle of intention even because I was like, I still have these intentions. Now I'm singing about it, but now I'm on the road even more. Now it's like, um, you know, I'm, I'm singing to these huge crowds of people who are all singing the song back to me and it's speaking to me every night because I know I'm still not living it in the way that I'm meant to. So, uh, so you write the song "Lead Me," and and if people don't know the lyrics, and I'm sure everybody's heard it at some point, uh, play it over here on this uh, a little iPad. Thing. We are being censored. Oh, I don't know. There's an America's ad. News <laughs> <laughs> so I'll edit on that one. Anyway, there's an ad. Now we know we're being censored. You know. <laughs> oh, here it is. Oh, this is your official video. I'm watching. Oh yeah, the bus starting up or the truck or something. <laughs> yeah, the truck. Lead me. Hey, is, by the way, is that your pickup? No. Oh, that's too bad. Direct, cool video director. It's a cool pickup, though. Yeah. I wish it was. So if people hear, so right away, people go, oh, wait a minute. I know this song. I don't know if I just did a music licensing no-no right there. That's uh, all right. So, but it's uh, show me your, and so it's like, I hear my wife saying to me, lead me. I'm working hard. Um, I see their faces. I can but, and I think I've got it all together, but on the inside, I can hear him saying, leave me with strong hands, stand up when I can't, don't leave me hungry for love, chasing dreams, but what about us? Show me you're willing to fight that I'm still the love of you. This is your wife. Show me that I'm still the love of your life. I know we call this our home, but I still feel alone. And then is this the chords? Or I guess this is the chorus or the bridge. So, Father, give me the strength to be everything I'm called to be. Oh, Father, show me the way to lead them. Won't you lead me? Yeah. So now, okay, wait a minute. So you guys have this tough conversation. You've been married how long at this point? At that point, maybe eight years or so. Okay, so you've been on the road with her. Now you started having children. Yeah. Right? So you had yeah. two children at this point? Yeah, at that time we had two kids. And now I'm on the road and she's home. Wow. So, so the whole started, we were together. The whole thing has changed. The whole, it's she's on the road. Yeah. You're on the road. She's at home. Yep. Now she's got kids, which means she's talking baby talk all day long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no adult conversation. You call home. Hey, we had a great concert. How you doing? Everything's good. Okay, great. Gotta go. 
and you write this song, but it's still an issue. And you're hearing people sing this back to you. Where did you come to grips with this? And you put it in your book, by the way. It's called Lead Me. It just came out with Multnomah Press. So uh, Matt Hammett. And what's your website, Matt? Oh, it's just matthammett.com. Yeah. That's H-A-M-M-I-T-T, matthammett.com. Yep. You get the book there. It's on Amazon. Lead Me, Multnomah Press just came out. But you relate this. So now... You've caught this revelation, but it hasn't become practice. Yeah, exactly. I just I, I'm I'm waking up at this point to the fact that this person I've envisioned myself being because of my desires and intention isn't who I am in practice. Wow. And, and so um it was really for me kind of this awakening over the course of these two, three years of I'm sure slowly putting these things into practice, but it was the process. Right. And so lifelong habits and lifelong, um, you know, just routines that you have to break and, and step out and take action to connect with, you know, your spouse and the people you love, not, you know, thing, and then being at a distance. So that Mm. made it even harder. And so that was where the real tension happened for more than anything was this feeling of like, I just don't, I used to, I think what I started thinking when all of this started coming very clearly to the surface was if I want to be an amazing front man for this band Sanctus Real, uh, when we're on stage, well, I, I, I can only become that by showing up and being on stage and being with the guys and performing. That's how we become a good band. And I'm like, how can I be, an amazing husband or amazing father if I don't show up for the job. Yeah. And but it's also how, my calendar. But it's also the balance, Matt. Yeah. For a lot of us as men, that it's also how you make a living. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So it really became for me a a, a issue of context. Mm. And what I mean by that is yeah. we all have gifts. And so I started thinking, okay, I've got these gifts. I have a gift to write. Uh, you know, literary writing and musical writing and creative gifts and production and things that I've done for the band and, and even outside the band at that time. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm using all my gifts to be part of this thing that takes me away from home 250 days out of the year. Wow. And, and I started going, is this the only way that I can use my gifts and still glorify God? Mm. And I begin to use my gifts in a context that still glorifies the Lord, that still reaches people, um, that still scratches that creative itch that I was yeah. born for, but also serves the, my, my wife and children and my family well. And so that was really the conversation that started coming out, like in, in me and my wife, like, can I do that? Is there another context in which I can still be creative? And um, I started realizing like, definitely there was a healthier context for me. Yeah. And so you actually uh, had to, in order to complete that, you know, paradigm shift, you actually had to leave the band and, and it had to have been uh, a, a real courageous step, but I want to go back to the, and we'll come back up to that in a moment, but I want to go back sure. to something you said, where you said you had to break some patterns. Yeah. I think we, as men, here's who we are as guys. Here's who we are as men. If you come from a church context, no matter what context, you know, if you go to clubs or something and you go to the same place all the time, there's a certain place you sit. 
And if you come in and there's somebody there, you're like, wait a minute, that's my spot. If you're a church person, there's a certain place you sit. And when you show up on Sunday or Saturday night or whatever, it's like, wait a minute, there's somebody in my spot. And it's kind of like this, Matt. Um, you know, as men, we get real, we, it's so easy to get into a place. It's like, uh, you know, I, I was walking up in uh, Alaska a couple of years ago, and, I, and all of a sudden it hit me. I'm walking in this path that's been worn for decades and decades, and it's where animals would walk to the water, and they would walk the same path every day. Oh, wow. And that became rutted, and it became a habit. And so it's just the only way they would walk. Yep. And so that's what happens easily to us. If somebody hasn't put my little Apple remote back in the right spot, I'm like, hey, you know, who moved <laughs> my remote? What's going on here? Yeah. So easy. But you had to break that, man. And what's the first step of breaking that? Yeah, I mean, I had to get out of the rut, get off the path, right? Like you're talking about. And I think for me, it was number one, like we already talked about, like being willing to face the reality of who I really was. That's a crucial step, I think, for us as men, right? Yeah, face reality. And, um, and then decide if I was going to simply face it, if that was enough, or if I was going to act out on it. Wow. And so one of the things for me was beginning to carve out dedicated time to reconnect with my wife. Mm. That meant um, scheduling time and finding time when I was home and when I was on the road to connect and begin to talk at a hard level about these issues. Wow. Um, it's pretty easy for I, at least me, I know, and a lot of guys I know to kind of take the deeper issues that we need to face and kind of keep sweeping them under the rug. Right. Like it's so being willing to kind of take that stuff off the shelf or from under the rug and say, okay, honey, let's talk through these very difficult, sensitive issues that have caused conflict in our marriage and in our life. And let's really start digging in. Um, even though it's not always pretty, it was being willing to confront the conversation and then see what those conversations were, you know, and then what God was speaking to us in the midst of that about what really needed to happen. And so ultimately I knew I had a choice to make. I always say in the seasons of life, I always, I can recognize restlessness and I can recognize a release. Mm. And so for, there were years of restlessness where I felt like, okay, I'm wrestling through this with God, with my wife. And now I felt like, okay, in 2015, like this is my release. This is my time when God is saying, go, I'm calling you to a new season wow. that I've been preparing your heart for. And that's when we have to choose whether we're going to be obedient or not. And I struggled with that. Yeah. When I knew I felt that release, I struggled very deeply with, am I going to be able to actually step out of my, my this safe boat where I've, I've been for 20 years and can I step out under the water and walk to Jesus in this moment, in this call? And uh, I think God, I, I think God all the time that I, I said yes. And it wasn't easy. It was terrifying. Yeah. Away from something so comfortable. And to feel like I was letting everybody down in a way as a front man songwriter. Um, but you know, it, it just, uh, God spoke to my heart too, even in that. Yeah. And when I was like, okay, Lord, what's everybody going to do? You know, I write the songs and I sing and I've, and I've been representing the band and he's like, do you think you're the only child of mine that I love? Yeah. Like, is it, it's all about you, you know, like this isn't just for you. This is for everybody. Yeah. It's and Elijah sitting, it's Elijah sitting under a rock going, I'm the only one left. 
You go, yeah. I got 7,000 other guys, dude. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, made that decision and I had stepped away and it was very terrifying in the moment, but I knew God was with us and we've seen the blessing of that. Over yeah. The past and, and so you've traveled with Kirk Cameron and you guys have been doing these amazing conferences. You speak into people's lives on marriage and in fatherhood and, and all that. Let me ask you this, because this is, this is a core issue right here. Most of us as men, our identity is not based on our heart, but our hands. Yeah. And so here you are with this great talent. And, and it's really your stage became your identity. You wrote a song about what your identity should be, but really the identity was the fact that you sang that song. Absolutely. How did you shift that, Matt? How does, how does one, how does a man shift that identity to become who he really needs to be? How do we make that transition, man? Well, that was one of my biggest prayers through it all is that God would help me uh, to not see my identity any longer as the lead singer of this band. Wow. And, and, and God did answer that prayer. Of course it was a process, but as you know, whatever field we are, especially as, as men, not only do we have find our identity in that, but then our, our, our ego and our identity can kind of be, yeah. you know, tattered or built up based on our, this comparison game that we do. So part of that too, was I had to stop comparing myself to other artists or musicians. And I had to detach myself from watching or looking at the playing field per se. Wow. That's huge, man. My eyes off the charts. I had to get my eyes off the tour, the tours that were out. I had to get my eyes off everybody else who's having success and just ask, what is God calling to me to do that is successful for me in this calling? And I just had to take my eyes off it. That's how I was able, God's wow. help to make that decision. You, and, had to, um, you had to quit worrying about your Instagram game. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to start, you know, thinking about, yeah, that's right. And you know what was crazy in all of this is what? that I prayed this prayer. I kind of, I really did detach myself in a lot of ways from comparing myself and looking at that playing field of music. Like I was yeah. saying, stepped into this new role, focused on that and really felt like I was able to step into this identity of, of, of follower of Christ, husband, father at the core. And then, um, the funny thing was my wife started to realize that she had to do the same thing. Wow. And though she was the one who was longing for me to be more present. She then was struggling once I stepped away with not being the wife of the lead singer of Sanctus Real any longer. And so we both had work to do. We'll be right back with more of Paul's interview with Matt Hammett. Hey, if you haven't listened to the song Lead Me, maybe it's new to you. It's on uh, Spotify and Apple Music. I actually uh, reconnected with the song after listening to this interview, and I've got it saved on my Spotify. So a uh, little, little plug for Matt and his music there. And the rest of his music is available on Spotify, too, so you might check that out. Uh, speaking of checking things out, uh, cmn.men is a, is a great resource uh, as, as Paul has mentioned on this and other podcasts uh, we have a, a, a bunch of resources for you uh, as we record this we're still in the middle of a, a pandemic time so uh, if you're looking for something to watch or listen to uh, go to cmn.men I'm going to highlight a couple things first of all CMN radio uh, you can see it there on the uh, on the navigation uh, if you have an iPhone, just go to the App Store and download the CMN Radio app. The same with Google Play. It's right there, CMN Radio. 
That's 24 hours, seven days a week. Um, uh, it's the best of, of what uh, CMN has to offer. We've got guest speakers, uh, some of our events, and uh, uh, Paul's uh, podcast is on there, and some special messages even from his father, Edwin Lewis Cole. And we always like to uh, um, ask you to take a look at that. So CMN Radio uh, is, a great, is a, a great app to download, and you can have that right on your phone. Uh, let's get back to the interview now with more of Matt Hammett. So these came from honest conversations, and I would think. And tell me about your dad. Was, was your dad there in your life? Uh, what? Yeah. Or were there other mentors? Uh, how did that work? Yeah, I've had incredible men in my life. Thank God. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I had uh, my my father was. He, my father's not a man of many words, but he's a man of action who always set the example for me. And when I've needed him most, um, mm-hmm. he always is right there to listen and speak wisdom into my life. Wow. Um, so certainly my father spoke wisdom to me during that time um, and, and affirmed where he felt God was leading. Wow. And, and then, you know, I, I still, my youth pastor, Bill McGinnis, uh, who's at the, the, the church of my childhood for 30 plus years serving as youth pastor and assistant pastor. Um, and he still is a part of my life. Wow. And, you know, these are the guys that I would look to and, 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 go to and ask, how do I walk this? Actually, one, one of the guys that actually helped me the most in all of this, um, was a guy named David Smallbone and his kids, you know, are for King and country, Joel yeah. and Luke. And then his daughter was Rebecca St. James. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason he was such a help to me was because he had walked through the end of Rebecca's career with her. And he had had some regrets and all of that, that they didn't maybe um, spend enough time honoring the people who had invested in soda and at the end, because she was just kind of burnt out and wanting to be done. And and so he said, take all the time you need to honor the people who built into this, to honor God in the end and end well. well. And, uh, And that was one of the most helpful uh, voices that I had in that time. You know, I, I think, um, Matt, that as men, we don't realize how important just our words to somebody. I, I was talking with a guy the other day who's a very famous psychologist. He's written some books read by millions of people. And, and he said what, because his dad passed away when he was 11. And he said the thing that shifted his life was uh, like a youth pastor. And a shout out to Bill again, by the way. What's the name of the church there? And yeah, Bill McGinnis. He's actually in a little church now. I can never remember the name of it. He just moved to be close to his family because, you know, he's reaching that age. Yeah, good for you, Bill. Come on, man. <laughs> little church guy, in Arkansas. Okay, this guy told me, he said, uh, he said that his dad wasn't there and he's in these teenage years and all this stuff and, and he's ready to go into gangs. And a guy, like a pastor came and took him out to a Coke a couple times just a soft drink or something and told him, you know what, you're a great young man. And he just validated him. He said he probably spent at the most three hours with this guy. And just that totally shifted his life. And today's his stuff is read by so many people. And he, well, he went back and studied what happened in his life and all that sort of stuff. And it's a lot of what you've done with the book lead me. And, and uh, I want to thank you. I want to thank Sarah in particular. Well done, Sarah. 
right? She, she's, she, her voice in the book too is, is she pops up in these little moments, you know, and it's just invaluable because it's just at the right time to say, okay, wait, here's how I saw it. <laughs> Bring oh, the perspective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause we have a tendency, you're a writer and you're a musician, oh, yeah. you're an artist, and we have the ability sometimes to paint these pictures. Collective like memory. And then my wife will go, yeah, I wasn't quite like that. It was more like this. We have collective memory and a creative palette. Yeah, okay. I love that. But the fact that she would be courageous enough to say, I'm, I'm sticking to this thing. We're going to make this marriage work. So I'm going to say what could be hurtful. And, and it could come back to me in the wrong way, but I'm going to say it anyway, Matt, this is not working. Yeah. And we have to make it work. You know, um, or or it's because I'm going to stick here, but it's going to be hell. <laughs> you know, thank God for uh, a wife that would do that. And then, and then you have to be present enough to dial into that. Yeah, absolutely. Right. If you can kind of nod your head and you can like say, okay, you know, and say all this stuff, but man, it's like that burden gets real heavy over time when it doesn't change. Yeah, you can nod your head like Zen, you know, like yeah, be in a different universe, you know, <laughs> like a parallel <laughs> reality, and uh, you're not really listening. So, to, and that's so, when marriage turns to madness, right? Yeah, it's like right. because it's the same old stuff over and over and over and over, and nothing changes. You keep saying, you keep trying to get it to change, and it never changes, and then it becomes insanity. Really, well, point. that's the pattern of abuse is is for men to say, no, 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 it's going to be better. It's going to be better. Going to be better. Do you know the average woman, you know, the uh, we're in the middle of the coronavirus thing. Do you know that there are uh, trauma hotlines, uh, domestic violence hotlines that are up 300 percent? Oh, man, I've heard some of this, man. This is heartbreaking. Yeah, it's terrible. I you know, we're going to have uh, a baby boom in December. But the problem is we're going to have a divorce boom in the summer. Yeah, get through this stuff. And, uh, but Matt, thank you for and thank you for writing the book. It's called Lead Me. It's a Multnomah Press. The website, your website, personal website is Matt, M-A-T-T, Hammett, H-A-M-M-I-T-T dot com. And you can yeah. find everything there. And I just, I want guys to get a hold of this. I want guys to grab this book, give it in particular to young men who are trying to build their career. Because that's really what we're supposed to do. It's not, yeah. there's nothing wrong with being in your 20s and 30s and wanting to be, you know, successful. The problem is finding the wrong definition. That's right. Right exactly right and the true definition of success is to become fully satisfy your personal design yes and and to live the the identity that god put inside you not try to be the identity that somehow your talent has given to you right because until you build your character your talent can take you beyond your character mm, and, uh, that's a good word right there yeah shoot man the word the world you've been in uh the business world uh political i mean Politics, athletics, we see it played out all the time. A guy's talent took him way beyond his character. Yeah. So you got your true strength is on the inside, not on the outside. So, Matt, thank you for taking the time. Uh, obviously, this thing, this conversation between you guys uh, worked. Things got better. You got two more kids. <laughs> yeah, you have four kids now. And 
Man, you know, it's, it's been, it's been crazy. You know, we do, we've done some fun stuff as a family now together, you yeah. know, Sarah and I, and, uh, we, you know, get to be part of the weekend. Remember speaking team with family life and stuff that we get to do together that we really enjoy. And, um, we actually just finished a brand new project, uh, feature length documentary, uh, called Bowen's heart, which is very, wow raw documentary about walking through our son's major, uh, third major open heart surgery at nine years old last year. And as a family, how that impacts us as parents, how it impacts the siblings oh. and what it's like to walk with a family that struggles in a very raw and vulnerable from a very vulnerable view. And so our hope with that is, you know, families, what number one, realize they're not alone in their struggles when they go through difficult seasons. Um, and also that'll be, uh, uh, example of how we choose to press in in the midst of pain as a family and allow it to bring us closer together instead of pulling us apart. Wow. And how is your son now? He's doing well now. He's, he's got, got a uh, no cure for his disease. He's, mm -hmm. you know, my, my third, he's my nine-year-old. I'm yeah, he's my nine-year-old. And, um, he just, uh, yeah, it's kind of day by day, month by month. We go see the heart doctor every six months. And, and, uh, so, we're just always in prayer for him and just enjoying his time with us and trying not to take it for granted. Yeah. What's his name again? Bowen. So the documentary is Bowen's heart. Yeah, you got it. You can actually at bowensheart.com. You can actually watch as a splash page. You can actually watch the first look trailer. We're in the middle of, uh, we're talking to some distributors now. Oh, fantastic, man. I, I, I just pray that, you know, I just thank God for that. Cause man, that, that would have all happened right in the middle of this whole transition in your life. It happened right after Leave Me came out. <laughs> yeah, Leave Man. Yeah. This is we're talking layers and layers of stuff here, Matt. Yeah. Yeah, it's all I write about that in the book too. And it's uh yeah, it's it's been a crazy ride for us, but God's been faithful through it all. Well, God's been faithful and you've been faithful. You know, here's the deal, Matt. I, I a friend of mine has got a big campus, church campus and stuff. And the guy was touring his campus with him in Sydney, Australia, a few years ago. And he turned to my friend and said, man, it's amazing what God's done here. And my friend looked at him and says, yeah, well, you should have seen him when God had it by himself. <laughs> in other words, it was just dirt. And he, it wasn't being sacrilegious. He was just basically saying, you know, faith plus works. You know, C.S. Lewis said there's when you cut paper with scissors, which of those blades is the most important blade? James talked about faith and works and faith without works. So what you guys have had to do is actually work the work. Yeah. And, and take the effort and you get up and you say, okay, we're going to do this thing. And you build a rhythm into your life. And that takes courage and tenacity and guts. And it takes huevos, you know, you just got to step up and say, okay, I'm just going to be a man. And, and what a man's supposed to be. And with humility, because that's what I hear in everything you're saying. I mean, you're, you're super humble on this stuff, Matt, because. Oh, thank you. Guys. You know, well, it's, uh, and it, it, uh, it's attractive. You know, the humility of Christ was attractive. You know, Isaiah said that we would be attracted to him, not by his comeliness or his handsomeness. You know, David was a handsome man. Uh, yeah. In fact, uh, in fact, Daniel was a handsome man. It says. In fact, Daniel wrote about it. He writes about it. He goes, uh, the, the the best, the brightest, and the most handsome were taken captives. Oh, that's hilarious. I never, I never noticed that's that. Right at the start of Daniel. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, and the most handsome. 
That's amazing. And I'm like, dude, you're writing about yourself, man. You know, and the uh, next thing is humility and how I achieved it by Daniel. You know, but well, that's funny. But the fact is that humility is attractive, and I think that we as men don't see that, and we don't pick up on it. And um, we, you know, it's kind of the quarterback syndrome. You know, like we all want to hang around with the guy who's the quarterback. Yeah. You know, in American tradition, if guys are, if you're in other countries, it may be the guy who's the best at cricket, or maybe the guy who's the center on the rugby team or whatever. And, uh, but the fact is long-term over the long-term, the long haul, it's the guys like, even though I don't like Tom Brady, I, I really like Tom Brady. Yeah. He's an American football player. If you don't know who he is and, and he's won a whole bunch of championships and he's with the wrong team. So a lot of us who are fans of other teams don't like him, but I, but I really like the guy cause he's really humble about the stuff he's done. Yeah. And I, there's something about that, Matt, that if we would just learn that humility is actually attractive and humility actually helps grow our children in a more healthy manner. Yeah, that's right. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean the, the, the ability to admit your failures, I mean, gosh, that goes a long way. Just grab really your kid, you know, my youngest son, Bryce, uh, all my children are, I don't know if it's type A, I don't know what all the stuff is. I actually don't, but they're all uh, the strong-willed child. They're all James Dobson. <laughs> you got all the, all of them with a strong-willed one. That's Dobson had so one, his daughter, and I got them all, you know, so, uh, but wow. Bryce in particular was very articulate in his, in his uh, discourse with his dad, which would be me, and I, He'd be like seven. He'd go, but dad, last week you said this. I go, yeah, but that was last week. This week it's different. He goes, dad, you can't make it different because you got to make the same rule. I go, I'm like, you know what? I don't want to argue with you anymore. <laughs> he's like seven. And he's. That's and my seven year old. He helped me be a better dad. My son, Brandon, helped me be a better dad. My daughter, Lindsay, because they would say things like, <laughs> I'm walking with my daughter, Matt. You'd appreciate this. I'm walking with my daughter. Uh, and she must have been, we do dates, right? Every three months, do a date. Yeah. And even though in my business, I traveled like you and stuff. And, and this is part of what you probably learned is to those intentional times. And so I'm walking with her and I go, I said, uh, you know, uh, I always wanted to be a cool dad, you know, walking with my daughter. She looked at me and be like, dad, she's like 11. Like, you can't be cool. You're a dad. And uh, all of a sudden, she put me in my place. And the thing that really flipped me, uh, Matt, was when she was 13 years old. And, and I said, hey, and, you know, we were successful in our business. It was going well. Stuff's going well. She's 13. And she says, I said, hey, let's go grab, you know, uh, a Coke or something, a hamburger. Just the two of us. And she goes, well, what's the agenda? And I, man, it just like hit me like a, like a, just a hit in the face, man. And um, I was like, what do you mean? And she goes, well, you know, if you're going to grab me for a hamburger, there's always an agenda. Oh, wow. And I got mad. I got tears in my eyes. Oh, man. And I said, baby, let's just get in the car. I got in the car. And then I'm crying. I said, your dad is so sorry. And I apologize. Because yeah. I love you with all my heart. And I realized that what I'd done is I'd, I'd built these little boxes of agendas because that's the time I had. And rather than just say, hey, what's up? I would say, hey, here's what we need to talk about. And when I shifted that, it changed everything for me and my children because it was more like, hey, let's go hang out. 
with them as a person, like they're an actual person. Yeah. And uh, boy, that's shifted everything, man. I can't wait to hear your, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, some of your new music with all of this. Are you working on a, on a project right now? Yeah, I put one out, you know, at, at the end of 2017, a yeah. uh, solo project. And then I, I do have a lot of different music I'm working on, but I'm not sure when it'll, when it'll come out. I'm kind of hoping the next thing will be a redefining per se, even artistically, you know, not, not in like a huge yeah. way, but just kind of waiting for the gut stuff to come out, you know, yeah. like the real deep, deep stuff. It, it's, it's flowing. I got a collection of them. So I, I don't know. What so it's not a, you're not going like uh speed metal or something. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Not at all. Yeah, okay. But that's fantastic, man. I just can't, uh, do anything but pray and hope and, and and believe the best for you and Sarah and your family and your kids and and I, and the book you guys are going to write on parenting is going to be awesome. There you go, man. I'm all about that. It's going to be fantastic because you got the lead me thing. I mean, what's that? It's a lead in, right? It's a pre. Right. That's right. It's a prequel. Yeah, we definitely need to do that. You're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, you should. And then you know the IG stuff that you could do on on your your family and and I could see like a YouTube series and. Yeah, because you guys have that stuff, and and I could tell Sarah's got that. I watched the documentary you guys did interview. So, anyway, yeah. Matt, let me just say this, man. We just pray every place you put your feet is holy ground, and everything your hands touch will prosper. Thank you. And that uh, the Lord will keep you and your family deep within the heart of His favor. And uh, thank you for uh, being here with us. And and uh, lead me, brand new book. Excited about it. MattHammett.com and lead me uh, anywhere finer books are sold you got so, it right and uh it's great man thanks for taking the time to be with yeah thank you paul i appreciate you having me on man it's very cool to hear what you're doing and i just uh trust that god will keep using it to build these men up amen lead me because i can't do this alone that's how the song ends lead me from from 2010 and uh and uh, that was that was really an inspirational uh, interview uh, Paul. yeah no kidding you know and and the fact is is that you know he tried to do some of the right things and he's talking about doing the right thing but he's like all of us uh but but not all of us have written a song that everybody starts singing about what i'm not doing come on <laughs> you oh, imagine about what the pain was like every night you know, he's singing this yeah. song and everybody's like, oh, man, I love that song. And then he's calling home. How are you, hon? Yeah, I'm good. You know, when are you coming home? Uh, maybe in a couple months. All right. Bye. <laughs> you know? Wow. And, uh, but, you know, the beauty of being a follower of Christ, really, Brian, is that they had a basis from which to repair and reconcile and build a great marriage. And now today. You know, they're doing amazing stuff. And they got a new book coming out. We didn't talk about it much. Uh, may have mentioned mm -hmm. it a little bit, but but he's, he's you know, so at Matt Hammett at his website, you can go on there and find that, find his music. He's doing some new albums. You know, it's always, he's just got a lot going on and he's a great speaker. I, I just, you know, think the world of this guy. I'm really, you know, it's kind of one of those guys you go, okay, this, what an amazing story. And then you go, man, I'm going to root for this guy. Sure. Yeah. Do Do you think other people in the spotlight, whether it be a pastor or a men's minister or a, a a Boy Scout leader, is it a similar position where they are 
saying one thing during the day. Let's take a pastor, for example. Yeah. I, I, you know, well, this is this is something we teach um, our young guys in Christian Men's Network is this. It's, it's a basic principle. You either minister from those areas in which you have been tested or you'll be tested in those areas in which you minister. So if you're going to sure. stand up and talk about uh, pornography, but you haven't dealt with it, Dude, you're about to get hit upside the face, man. It's you're about to get smacked because you didn't deal with it, and you're, and you're trying. And, and I know that we all talk about things that are right and honest and pure and all that because we're supposed to. But I think we have to, if we're going to get up and talk about stuff, you know, we need to at least be on in the process of being honest about it. Right. You know, I've, I've got friends, uh, they're the marriage ministers of Lakewood Church, uh, Clayton and Ashley Hurst. Oh, yeah. And uh, and Lakewood Church is a pretty, pretty big church in Houston. Yeah. And they wrote they wrote a book. Uh, it's been a year or so ago about about their own struggles in their own marriage while they're running a marriage while ministry. While leading a marriage ministry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very transparent you, about it. Yeah. I can tell yeah. you two guys that I know right now, I can tell you two couples who were in the middle of national marriage ministries and split up, you know, so these are real things. And so, you know, I I'd say kudos to Matt and his wife, but frankly, it's, uh, yeah. you know, well done, man. And, uh, yeah. I, I love stories like this. That's why I said, you know, I'm always rooting for guys like this, Brian. Yeah. Because uh, these are the sure. models that we want our kids to see. Sure, sure. Well, that was a, a, a great interview. And, and again, uh, it's so great that you're able to connect with such amazing uh, people around the world and bring them here to the Brave Men podcast. So, yeah, so thanks for continuing to do that. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, let us know. Or if you have feedback or requests, just let us know. Paul at cmn.men. Uh, also, uh, we love our subscribers and sharers, and uh, this podcast is available on, on uh, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Pandora, and Google, and a lot of other places where podcasts are listened to. So if you wouldn't mind, just we'd love you to hit that subscribe button, and, uh, and uh, it does come up, and it's helpful for us in, in letting Apple and the other guys know that uh, people listen to the podcast. So thank you for that. For Paul Cole, I'm Brian Boyd. Again, thank you for listening to today's Brave Men podcast. You've just experienced Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Paul is president of the Christian Men's Network. Connect with Paul at cmn.men or write to him at paul at cmn.men. <laughs>